welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Back here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, Barton Simmons, Chip Patterson. We've got Week 8 in the books. We've got shakeups in the top five. We've got a lot to get to. We are looking at a college football playoff picture that is growing as teams uh, that might have been out of it are now slowly looking more and more likely, and a lot of that coming with Ohio State's loss at Purdue. We're going to get into that, what it means for the Big Ten. Michigan winning at Michigan State. Um, some... Some interesting results in the Pac-12, particularly in the North with that division title race. But Barton, how uh, are, are you feeling the the sort of payoffs of being in on Jeff Brom early? Because I feel like you and Fernelli were both pretty... I've just ridden the wave on that one. But I feel like y'all bought some Jeff Brom stock early. Yeah. Uh, I it's, mean, it's paying out. Like it's, it's through the roof. Anybody who's yeah, getting, getting it some, now, it's, it's yeah, too we're late. Getting some dividend payments right now. Uh, I, and, and I really enjoyed, uh, he was one of my favorite coaches to talk to at big 10 media days too. So, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was, that was a win. That was, that was cool to see. Um, and, uh, you know what, it's like the coaches say, you know, when we get a win, we're going to celebrate them. I also predict Purdue to upset Ohio State, and so I'm going to celebrate that because I know I would have heard about it if they had lost. Uh, you had it so, right look, on the yeah. nose. Was this our lock yeah. unity? No, it wasn't our lock unity. It was We had lock agreement, though. Um, and lock, lock unity hit and, hit. and you had another big week, man. Well, that means we but both did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, th- I think three and one between the two of us in our lock agreements. Um, but big, you're, you're on a roll. So, uh, congrats to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as that game goes, uh, there's, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, there's so much to, to, to unpack on that game. What about, what but about, I, let's start I, with Dwayne Haskins. I, I'll, I'll throw it like this is, uh, I need to workshop this because I, I know that on CBS sports HQ and you can watch us on CBS sports HQ. It's our 24-7 streaming news network. Barton's on a lot. You can catch me on Tuesday nights on the 6 o'clock show. So, like, how – I'm going to just throw out the the big term Heisman, but I, what I really want to get into is, like, so like how does Dwayne Haskins how – do, how do we diagnose Dwayne Haskins? What about starting there? Because he sets the school record for attempts, and any time that you set a school record at Ohio State, it just becomes buzzy for, like, a week. So, was it – was it a super yeah, poor Dwayne Haskins performance? And he threw for, I think, <clears throat> over 400 yards or something. Is that right? Did you look at the numbers? Um, it was a lot of yardage. I mean, it was 73 attempts. I know that. And that, I think, is probably as telling as anything as to sort of how out of sync, out of, you know, out of sync, I guess, Ohio State was forced to be. How one-dimensional, I guess, is a better phrase. Right. They were first forced to be. And Dwayne Haskins, for as many yards as he put up, yeah, he had 470 yards. Um, you know what on- box score I was pulling up uh, as the as like the game was going on? Uh, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, 2016, 
where I think where Patrick Mahomes had 88 attempts. Yeah. And, and yet this was it's like, this wasn't an impressive Dwayne Haskins performance. Mm. He, he was, and, and he had some, you know, he has some big throws, uh, from time to time, you know, where it's just, man, that's a, that's an NFL throw he just made. But over the course of the game, and I don't know whether it's all on him, whether it's on the system, whether it's on the coaches, the receivers, but there was a lot of, there were, there was a lot of balls that were just off. There was a lot of, um, there were a lot of throws that just, 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 they just never seemed to get comfortable and with anything offensively, really, and and I think zero for four in the red zone scoring touchdowns. Yeah, I, I mean, and like the touchdowns didn't even start coming until like, I was watching. By that point, the touchdowns didn't even start coming until it was real late in the game, and it was kind of in a flurry, like in in what felt like the most competitive moments of that game. Couldn't get a touchdown. No, no, and and I mean, I look if you didn't know who these teams were, I mean, you just would have assumed. Purdue is better. Yeah, we just would assume they were the better team. I mean, yeah. they just they 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 blocked Ohio State's offensive line or defensive line rather. They, um, you know, there, there was never a moment where, where Dave Blau looked uncomfortable or or really stressed by Ohio State's defensive front. Uh, the linebackers got totally worked. The secondary got worked, um, and and then on the flip side, you know, Ohio State kept on trying to test Purdue's corners and they just kept on rising up and making plays um and so you know it just it was a. I, if i'm an ohio state fan i'm, I'm i don't know what to think right now and and I, somebody you know in the dwayne haskins conversation somebody tweeted at me in typical twitter fashion you know like uh hey nice call picking purdue but, but you're the one who said um jd barrett should have never been playing over Dwayne Haskins. Well, if they had JT Barrett, they'd probably go four four in the red zone, maybe. But uh, I do think it's like an interesting point to bring up is as as pretty as it's look with Dwayne Haskins, uh, does does this offense has it just been too long since they've had a quarterback that's not really a runner to where they don't really know how to generate run game without one. Without a quarterback running the football, I mean it's 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 strange to to think that that they can't get the run game going at all without a quarterback to at the center of it, and yet here they are and they're having trouble with it and and despite all these four and five star offensive linemen and four and five star running backs, and it almost in some ways reminds me a little bit of Auburn, like it just they have a Jarrett Stidham now and they just. It's like they don't know how to use them. And it's, you know, when you got all these elite receivers running around the field and you're playing teams that are way outmatched physically, it, it can look very easy at times and it can look really pretty at times. But when you te- get, play a team in a dangerous environment with, with a coaching staff that's got them well prepared, it just didn't, it, none of it looked like Ohio State had a good plan for how they were going to generate points. Uh, and so it was very, you know, it was, it was, it was sort of odd to watch. I am absolutely, uh, kicking around in my mind. I'm not willing to commit to this yet, but I am kicking around in my mind. Uh, some of what has been suggested on this podcast before that, that urban there's, there's something about the, uh, 
the way that Urban Meyer's play calling has just become a buzz, a buzzy talking point, particularly, and it's always been like in rivalry games or um, in close games and often leaning towards the more conservative and, and with that being with JT Barrett, like I wonder if when things get close and tough now, and I wonder with rivalry games left to play, like what if, what if Ohio State, from a play calling perspective, I like, I guess, I, so I guess I'm agreeing with you. Like, like, what if they just don't know what to do? Like, there have been times when, you know, you just, it's not a, it's not a great fit of scheme to personnel and, and maybe even from play calling to scheme or play calling to personnel. You know, there's some combination of that. Like, there's something that's wrong right there with Ohio State because given all of the individual pieces assembled, it's got to be better. Like, we've, we've seen it be better and to have that kind of like what was it 20 to 6 or 21 to like 21 to 6 and like then we had like a whole bunch of flurry of late scores but what felt like the game was won by Purdue 21 to 6 and that that's that's not an Ohio State uh that's not an Ohio State team no and I mean, I, I came away so impressed with Jeff Brom because, look, the star of the game was Rondell Moore. Um, let me see if I can find Rondell Moore's numbers. He had two carries for 24 yards, 12 catches for 170, and two touchdowns. Uh, probably had a couple return, some returned yards in there too. Uh, and 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 yet Rondell Moore's five eight on a good day, five seven and a half, and he is super talented he is a a little bit of a freak in terms of sort of this pocket dynamite kid who look my my uh, cousin's actually a strength coach at, at louisville trinity where he played high school and he would send me videos of this dude squatting like 600 pounds in high school at 5'8 and he was like and that's a really elite program and he was like this he does some some of the stuff some stuff i've, I've never seen before like the, what he does from a strength standpoint at that size and so he is talented, and yet when you put him just in any offense, at, as for a five-eight slot receiver, you can get lost. Like there's ways for a guy like that to not like. It's not like he's just going to accidentally make an impact like this. I look at the game plan, and I look at what how Jeff Brom finds a a, a unique mismatch in Rondell Moore, and he and he uses him. He utilizes him. He finds ways to make him dangerous. He he exploits Ohio State's problems defensively. And, I mean, so much of what Purdue did was was surrounding Rondell Moore, not just in the ways he touched the ball, but the ways he was used as a decoy. Even in the um, late in the game when they had two long touchdown runs, uh, you know, their four-minute offense, sort of their, their sort of salt-away-the-game offense – was sort of built off this Rondell Moore jet sweep action. And you've got to devote so much of your attention to that jet sweep. And then, and then they pop these little trap plays yeah. inside and, and, and go for these long runs. And so I say that because I just was very impressed with, you know, Jeff Brom had one guy that basically on offense. Oh, it was, it was, a, it was a scheme boner game from what I can tell. Yeah, he had one guy that probably could have played at Ohio State, truly, on their offense. And yet, using that one guy as just this sort of chess piece, he had he had the whole Ohio State defense on skates. And, and so, 
it made me wonder like what's is and not to not to just boil this totally down to just scheme but I, I mean what what's why can't Ohio State figure this out I guess and I do think that there's some there's some blame to go around for for not being prepared not being physically mentally prepared not play, not being mentally tougher for Ohio State not competing all the way through I mean late in the game uh, I mean the game was sort of you know out of reach at this point but um, I think it was Johnny Dixon on a kickoff just sort of lets the ball bounce in front of him at the one yard line and and Purdue practically recovers the thing and they get the ball at the one and, and it's just like things like that are just it just feels like this team and it's not a national title playoff type team based on and I, and I think that falls to a certain degree on the head coach let's just say it I mean I think Urban Meyer needs to shoulder a lot of the blame now for two straight years him going on the road against unranked teams and getting straight up blown out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing about these last, like the the game against Iowa. Uh, I think it was a fifty five, right? It was a double nickel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From uh, from Iowa hanging fifty five on them last year uh, to this loss at Purdue. It's uh, we need that if that becomes a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Ohio State does not deserve to play in the playoffs. I don't care what happens the rest of the year. Ooh, spicy Ohio. take. I mean, they shouldn't. They just shouldn't be in the playoffs. You can't lose. A, a playoff team does not lay an egg where they lose by 29 points to a 3-3 three and three football team. And, and Purdue is better than 3-3, three and three, but you can't consider yourself a playoff team and go and, and, and get blown out by a team that's lost to Eastern Michigan. You just can't. That was an argument that kept Penn State out of the college football playoff when they were Big Ten champions. They got uh, Michigan beat them like 49 to 10 or something. And, yeah, that was- and, and not to not to be a, an apologist for that, but I do think that it's a little bit different when you're you – know, they had two new coordinators that year. They were – that was, what, game three or something of the year? Right. And the, and the team totally transformed. And so I don't know. We're – we are eight games into the year now. So I don't know. Within four games, does that give us enough time to believe in Ohio State as a transform – you know, believe in some transformation of Ohio State? Yes. And they may get into the playoffs. They have to go to East Lansing. They have to go to Michigan. Like there's absolutely still an opportunity for Ohio state to have enough of an impact to show some transformation. And there's still, and I, I think that this is the more important thing as we continue to unpack this is there's still a lot more uh, chaos that could occur to where the point is uh, maybe there's, Five teams competing for three spots, and four of them all have one embarrassing loss, similar to the one that we saw at Purdue. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I, I mean, who else is going to have an embarrassing loss like that? Or what no if? Offense, or what if Ohio State? I mean, what if there's just not one loss? What if Ohio State's just one of the only one-loss power conference teams? Yeah, like you know what? I mean, if they go and they win, and they beat Michigan State, and they beat Michigan, and they beat. Wisconsin or Iowa or whoever they play uh, in the in the Big Ten championship game could that be Purdue? Is there any chance Purdue wins the Big Ten West? No, because they've got uh, 
they've got some like they, they lost to Northwestern. They, I think it. they've got they some, lost Northwestern, but they. I mean, let's. I mean, it, let's not rule out the uh, possibility that they could beat Iowa and Wisconsin now. And granted, they have Michigan State too, but I'm not. I'm not going to just assume this is some fluke. I don't. I don't expect them to win out, but I'm not going to assume this was some fluke. So that's that's a tangent, I guess. But yeah, either I, way, yeah. I mean, I think Iowa's pretty good. I do too. Um. So look, I, I I'm probably I, I may change my mind on saying that they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. It's just hard. I like it. No, no, no. I think you go strong with that take into the week. It sounded really good. <laughs> I can I can say objectively that as you got into it, I was engaged. That was that's it. Like take that into the week because you're all the core of your argument is you look at them and they don't seem worthy of competing for the national championship. Well, and also coming into this game, like that's the reason I picked Purdue to win. A big a big part of it is Ohio State is screaming at us that it has major deficiencies on defense. It's screaming at us. Why? Yeah. Why and do we keep putting it number why two? Why are we not going to yeah. listen to them? Oh. And so, I, you know, this is just a, another, you know, it's just been exposed again defensively. Um, so, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it, this is going to be. But I mean, didn't we? I mean, we kind of said this on the Iowa, you know, the year they lost last year too, and and they did. You know, they 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 started. They they convinced us again. They kind of had another run where they started to, you know, kind of circle the wagons and really started playing really good football again. And so maybe this this brings them together. I mean, they beat all right. So they they rolled up Michigan State forty eight three the following week. Um, they beat Michigan. They beat Illinois. They beat Wisconsin in not necessarily dominating fashion. So, yeah, dude, that Wisconsin it. game was terrible. Yeah, yeah. That was that was yeah. one of those things. Like I remember they had Urban Meyer on the selection show, and Urban Meyer was like, "Yeah, you know, we probably don't deserve it." Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to sell. Yeah, he didn't. Urban Meyer did not even put up a fight. Like so many head coaches will take that opportunity to get on their soapbox about how they got screwed. Urban Meyer was on ESPN. Hey Herbie, yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, well, the the uh, the seat just got hotter for Bobby Petrino. Ooh, I know. I mean, <laughs> I mean that like who in Louisville, like if they weren't willing to pay the thirteen million or whatever it is to get out of a Bobby Petrino to to get Jeff Brom, like if they get word that Jeff Brom's like, all right, I'm good to go if you guys want it. It's in. It's not. That's like, it. Who, who's you know, how, how, who are they? I guess they. I guess Papa John isn't, isn't shelling out any money anymore. But I mean, surely they got some some big pockets over there that can just if 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 they get this kind of a coach, assuredly, feels like that that's an easy sell to get some donors to pony up. Uh, buddy, let's not forget that Louisville put the Triple Crown winner Justify on their media guide. <laughs> they are comfortable with some money, people. <laughs> They, That's they, true. they know true. there is, there's, there are ways to, uh, pulls a lot of money together quickly. I don't, I don't look at the Bobby Petrino buyout as a, a big enough deal to not get Jeff Brom, even before this Ohio state win, you know, like I was just, 
I never, I never looked at that, and I was like, man, Louisville just can't get rid of Bobby Petrino. It's like, no, they just can't. They just don't want to get rid of Bobby Petrino without knowing that Brom's on board. Right. You have to get some some back channel discussion to where he assures you. You yes. just, yeah, you don't. And, you, you don't want to fire Petrino and be left. On the you know, job market? The oh, my gosh. Hey, <laughs> yeah. like, come to the third best job in the ACC's Atlantic division. Right, right. No, 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 no. You've, you've, got, you've, got, you've got, like, the, the golden child right there. You just wait till he says go. You know, another thing that I was thinking about in this game and I was, as I was watching it and watching all these safeties just get diced up by Rondell Moore. Were you thinking about Greg Schiano? Uh, no, I wasn't. Uh, but, I was, you know. But I mean, I got there. There was some. There was some ball Twitter out there that was like, "Oh, whatever," you know, whatever the whatever the Greg Schiano line is. That's maybe because uh, I was in Knoxville that it just like somehow crept into my mind. Yeah. I thought about yeah. I thought about starting a bunch of Schiano talk, but I just I had other things. I didn't really feel like engaging with it. But I mean, one of the things I was thinking is like. Ohio State's got all these long athletic cornerbacks and they're all like 4-4 guys and they're all like 6-1 and physical and the safeties are the same thing and yet they don't really have a true sort of nickel corner that I mean that's a that is a nightmare for a safety to sit there at like 7 yards and try to match up with someone like Rondell Moore. I've been there. I have tried that. It is a nightmare. And it, it sort of struck me that like it's almost like they've recruited all these big athletic corners that are the perfect prototypes for the NFL, and they don't have some sort of um, five ten. Well, I mean, it, you know, last Denzel Ward. Denzel, I was going to say, like, I think I am willing to give not a pass, but I think that I have to recognize that after the run that Ohio State had at the defensive back position the drop-off was coming. It's just not sustainable. But they always always backfill just with the next guy up, and they're always studs, and they recruit so well. And and I think the big deal here is that they lost Kerry Coombs, who's the guy who's been developing all these guys. He's on the Titans staff now. Mm. And so uh, maybe Tavor Johnson, the the replacement, maybe – I mean, I don't – I'm going to try to put it on him. But, I mean, it's – you know, when you lose the the guru, maybe that's – it's not so easy to backfill um, like you would hope. So, uh, but I, th- I thought that was interesting. They just didn't really have an answer. There was no one that they could trust putting over Rondell Moore, um, be- you know, in part because those guys are just like, they're out leveraged. <laughs> I mean, they're just six one, six two corners and safeties that are trying to bend and, and move with this freaky five, seven and a half guy. Uh, it, was a, it was a pretty fun chess match to watch. Um, how did you describe it last week? You said... Uh, I can come out. I can like come out of my shell a little bit more with my Michigan takes, with my Michigan college football playoff yeah. prediction. Yeah, you're feeling come really good about it. My rock. Yeah, come out yeah. from under your. Yeah, you said you've been coming out from behind the rock. Or you've been hiding. Uh, so I, I this was another uh, in the process of Alabama, Tennessee, and shooting all of our stuff around the tailgates. Uh, I I had uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News next to me, and he was he was dialed in. He had the stream pulled up, so I was getting glances, and there was certainly a lot of chatter about it. Uh, a lightning delay and all. You know, we had this the scrum at the beginning. 
What'd you see from the Wolverines? I mean, do you do you come away from it, especially with the Ohio State results, starting to be like, I, I think Michigan is about to win the Big Ten. Yeah, but at the same time, like, yes. But I'm no, like, uh, I don't leave, like, more emboldened than I was before the game necessarily. I mean, the defense is so legit, so, so legit. I mean, Michigan State couldn't do anything. I, I wonder... I don't know that I ever saw what the final like tally was, total yardage wise. But they could. I think I'm it was like sixty eight. Right like seriously, I think it might have been sixty eight. I'm gonna pull it up. It was they had ninety four yards of offense. Oh State. my god! <laughs> and seventy nine of them were passing. They had fifteen rushing yards. I mean, that's. And and they still like even their seven points came off of Michigan just fumbling a ball inside the five yard line, and then Michigan State had a like literally like on the goal line they run like a double reverse pass back to the quarterback in order to get in the end zone. I mean that's the kind that's that's how difficult it was to move the ball on that Michigan defense, and so that's I mean that's that's Michigan, and yet and and I you know Shea Patterson was sort of what he's been, which is He'll throw like for 13 of 25 or something and 150 yards and and it was fine. And and he had a long touchdown pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones. And, you know, there was a few moments there where you know, he had pulled on the zone read and got some yardage. But I still don't necessarily see this team. Like, look, think about how, I mean, that the way Purdue beat Ohio State was to just get their – get their playmakers in space against that secondary and that linebacking group. And, and I don't know, I still know the Michigan got that. Like the pass game still just looks hard. (laughs) Uh, Nothing ever looks easy in that pass game. And I know it was rainy and it was kind of a nasty day and Michigan state's a a tough defense, but passing the ball never looks easy for them. And so I, I, I don't, I think in some ways that game against Ohio State, it still plays to Ohio State. Now, granted, if you get past, if you get into the second level, you know, I I don't know how physical Ohio State's linebackers are, but they're still really good up front. And so it's still going to be tough to run the football. Uh, But I don't, I don't know that they, in some ways, Purdue may have been the tougher challenge for Ohio State. So as much as I'm still sort of feeling good about the, the way things are trending for Michigan, as it relates to like my pick, um, I'm still I don't still fully trust them. If that makes sense. Oh, a hundred, yeah. Like um, the both of those teams are very very good within the big picture of college football, and that's very exciting. But neither one of them, particularly with the standard that we've set in our heads, which like by the way, the the standard that's in our head for the college football playoff era for better or worse is Alabama and Clemson. And you look at both Michigan and Ohio state and you're like, nah, I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, in some ways, particularly given this weekend, I, I kind of circle back to, I mean, we could still get a big 12 team in this thing. Yeah. Oklahoma. What's up? They opened up a can on uh, TCU this weekend. That that looked as pretty as it comes. And I think like the thing that I get drawn to when you sort of compare that to Michigan, uh, 
and and whoever else is Oklahoma has an offense that can roll with an Alabama and the defense is flawed but I mean they can probably score on just about anybody and so you know that I'm sort of I'm starting to just sort of root for Oklahoma to get into the playoffs because they got a chance just because they can score every possession haven't I uh uncorked my Oklahoma would have beat Alabama take on here before uh perhaps perhaps you have yeah I mean and what was it uh, a blocked field goal like four plays make you know in in the entire game like in that epic Rose Bowl game against Georgia it's not crazy to think that a few things go a little bit differently and Oklahoma's playing for the national championship last year I think Baker would have done it to him, and then we would have been talking yeah. about coming I mean, because he's that. That was the Deshaun, right? Uh, Jake that was Jake Fromm was not uh, Deshaun, or you know. So, but oh, like I Baker Mayfield right, could right, have been, right. yeah, 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 right. I mean, I think I think Kyler Murray could be Deshaun in the same way. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I was, I mean, so, so Oklahoma, I think, did they, they did something for me this weekend? The way they dominated TCU, um, <clears throat> and you know, Clemson did something for me this weekend too. That was our, that was the one that we that we missed on. That was the lock agreement that we did not hit on. Um, and uh, I think that I was I was comfortable um, because it it was essentially me taking a big loss but also understanding a new reality. Does that make sense? That was a great way of putting it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that was that was not a reality that had presented itself to us yet. And I think now... And I'm comfortable with it. I'm cool. I'm right. here. I'm signed right. up. I'm ready. Right. Right. But I, to, to me, the that they scored 41 points wasn't some, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw for 308... And Travis Etienne had another big day, and T. Higgins had 120 yards receiving. And I guess Travis Etienne didn't have another big day. Hit three touchdowns, I guess. That's what I was thinking about. So either way, like that all is fine, well and good. But we that finally looked like a Clemson defense, right? That you know we've been waiting for. And the secondary came to play. NC State really couldn't move the football in any sustained fashion. Um, they had, let me see, I mean, 297 yards of total offense, but never really was a moment where like they looked like they were in control offensively. And so, yeah, if we got that kind of defense, and I do think like we're starting to see it come to fruition. I mean, now we got 63 against Wake, 41 against Clem- or against NC State, and all of a sudden there's – we have an offense where we know what it is. It's Trevor Lawrence throwing darts to all these baller wide receivers and Travis Etienne, you know, playing the counterpunch there and, and, um, you know, running for whatever he wants. And so, I mean, Clemson's, we got a pretty, a very obvious number one contender at this point. The, uh, the, it's, the the fact that Clemson secondary showed up 
is uh, is a good thing. I wasn't, you know, I I thought Kayvon Wallace was a good good player. Like he he's flashed before. I've I've paid attention to him. He had a pick in this game and uh, damn near ran it back for a touchdown. But I think that for for Clemson's defensive line, as you mentioned, to speed up Ryan Finley and make him uncomfortable. And Ryan Finley is a, is a rhythm thrower. I think that's that's where an advantage was decided. And then it was just a matter of time, you know, because Clemson's offense is is going to be able to uh, to hit on some big plays against NC State, and they obviously did it in this game. And so we have it decided now that Clemson is probably going to be favored the rest of the way. I think NC State was probably the the toughest. I mean, of course, they're going to be favored, but like, I think NC State was the toughest opponent. That's in the rear view. It's almost Clemson against itself for the next month and a half. Yeah. I mean, where do you see, where do you see a spot popping up? Where, like, what worries you the most? They got at Florida State. They got Louisville. They got at BC, they got Duke, and they got South Carolina. Do any of those think where like you would you would have a temptation of you know picking an upset? At BC. Yeah, I agree. That's it. I think that's the one for sure. That's a that's a legitimate game. Like that could that might in fact be a bigger test. BC might end up being a better team than, than NC State. So I think we can still reserve that on the schedule as all right. NC State you know, beat we'll BC. But you're right. By the end of the season, we might think that BC we might power rank, I guess, BC ahead. Right. 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 That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I guess, you know, look, South Carolina's they're not but they're not gonna be close. Like I have no I have no, no. concern that South Carolina might be. No. Hey, clip this. Hey, hey, old takes exposed. Come and get this clip right here. I don't know what it's gonna be on the final cut. It's thirty three forty two on the edit bay. But <laughs> South Carolina ain't beating Clemson, especially not in Death Valley. Nah, nah, especially with the, with the playoffs on the line. Uh, what about the other Death Valley? Did you get a chance to? I guess that was going on same time as yours, huh? You were so. Should we should we hit on yours before we go any further? Sure. We're in Knoxville. We haven't even talked about that, have we? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, not yet. On yeah. not so yet. You were in. You were in Knoxville for the highly anticipated <laughs> reunion of Butch Jones and his former team. Uh, love all the way around, I'm sure. How did you feel about Butch Jones getting a Gatorade bath at the end of the game? Uh, good for Butch. That 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 didn't sit with me well. Uh-huh. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> like we just you we just crushed the team that you ran into the ground. Like this team is terrible, and we just put up 58 on them because you left the team in, t- in shambles i now i'm supposed to like celebrate this as the guy that that left this team in this state like like awful state like i don't understand it i think butch jones uh gave like like whatever institutional knowledge jeremy pruitt had about alabama i think it was negated or exceeded by whatever butch jones was able to do uh in the game prep for tennessee Shoot, you're gonna give you're gonna give Butch a little credit for this, huh? I I like, can I can tell you that like there were like beyond Alabama just being really really good and beyond if you want to talk about I've got I've got some Tennessee feelings uh, as well. That was like I came out of that strongest looking at Tennessee and being really curious about what not only the rest of the year but like what the next two years looks like. 
Um, I think that's interesting. But uh, like there were a lot of plays during the the run where it was, by the way, 28 points in 21 plays, uh, 28-0 at the end of the first quarter. Like dudes were just wide open, like everywhere. It was either like coverage busts or something. But like, yes, I, I'm not going like, to give Butch Jones total credit uh, for Alabama's historic performance against Tennessee, but I could see how during the week enough of a camaraderie was built that they would be in that moment going ham with the uh, Gatorade bath and the cigar smoking photos. I thought it was so stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, Butch, Butch can't – I mean, Butch – it's not Butch's fault that he got a Gatorade bath, but then to, to be sort of mean mugging with cigars – I mean, give me a break, man. Whatever he – Butch didn't do anything in that game prep to make them roll up at Tennessee. They've been rolling up everybody. Uh, That was – that to me was like – I don't know. Butch's Butch's, uh, stock is continuing to drop. Oh, well, hey, I've I've – like, I mean, I'm – I am not championing – uh, Butch Jones, I it it did not sit poorly with me, and I'm 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 not gonna stand in the way of Lyle Butch Jones and his joy with this Alabama team that he is coaching. All right, yeah, yeah. All right, man, that's fine. Yeah, all right, Butch. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy the win. <laughs> that guy exudes way too much positivity for me to to try and uh, keep him from being happy. Um, but boy. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt calling his team out at halftime and then right. doubling down in post game. Yeah, that was about the only like meaningful takeaway I had from that game is is just the Jeremy Pruitt halftime uh, call out. Yeah, you know, I, I'll so, make you a but, promise. But, but, I'll recruit yeah. twenty five more guys. Uh, I don't. How do you feel about that? Do you like that or you not? I kind of. I. I I don't know if this is hypocritical because I don't know how I felt about this sort of thing in the past. Like I saw someone tweeting today about is that blaming your current roster? I don't know if it's blaming. I think it's I think I kind of like it. I think it's just like Oh, look. because listen, I mean, think about like that's our that's what we want from the Alabama high school football coach. Right, right. You know? Like that's and, that, that's the way that that's the way the football coach talks in all the TV shows and movies. And it's also it's a call to arms too. It's like a hey, you, you better start competing because I got someone coming to take your job. Right. And and I'm not I there, there's I promise you, if you don't play better, you will lose your job. And so, so I'm I'm kind of good with it. I think I'm all right with that. Oh, I'm I'm listen. I I think that it is. Intri- I think it's very very intriguing. I think it's interesting. And I am, that's why I said I'm fascinated, not just about how the rest of the season plays out, but like the next two years, like, what if we go back to that moment when he's sitting there after the game, he said there were, we had some guys that just weren't ready to play in this game. And they're like, they just, they were not prepared to, uh, to go out there and play. And he kept using the phrase, do it the right way. And that's what he's sticking to. He says, we only got about eight, eight guys out there doing it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pruitt is Pruitt is uh, he? Do we talk about him when he like got in the you know for, I guess Georgia when he was at Georgia 
he got all up in halftime or I guess pregame. He he got in front of the team and yelled at the team for jawing at Alabama. He's like, you guys ain't earned the right to jaw at them. Sort of almost taking Bama's side like that. Like you guys are you guys are trying to be like them. Like go out and prove it. And so Pruitt has a very real respect and awe for what has been built at Alabama. And he is uh, he is not going to allow a, a bunch of guys to try to fake it before they make it. And this was another example I think <laughs> of that. It's like like that, that, that's what you guys want to be. And I'm gonna recruit some guys that are gonna be it. And if you're not if you're not on board, you're about to get passed up, buddies. Um. Yeah. No. So I I think what I don't think that. Uh, I, f- I feel like you can only, as a matter of opinion, be falling down on the wrong side. Like, I don't think that he, there was any misstep. I've been traveling today. Like, are, are are people going heavy on it? No, I don't know. I don't know. I just, like I said, I saw somebody tweet, like, um, sort of retweet the, the quote from Urban Meyer from last year that Dodd actually reported out that said, um, you know, it was calling out Tom Herman, basically. It was like, when the second you inherit a roster, they're your players. They're not the previous staff's players. They're yours, and you own it, and you make them better, and yada yada yada. And basically saying, this is this is BS for Pruitt to throw his players on the bus. And I think, I, so I, I think that's a take. I don't know whether it's a popular take or a prevalent take, but that is a take. And I guess I was responding to that and saying. I don't think I agree with that. I think I'm. I think if you get beat by by a million, you, you are allowed to get called out by your coach and say you're not very good because everyone else knows you're not very good. He don't have to pretend you're very good. All that being said, do you think Tennessee can make a bowl game? Because I think they uh, still they, can. They kind of have to win out at this point, don't they? No, they are. No, thir- no, they, they are three, three and four, four with two games right, so that look, look winnable. So they'll beat Charlotte, right? So they're there. They get to four, uh, and that means they've got to get to two more between at South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, and at Vandy. I just think they beat Vandy this year. I agree because I just so then they got to get one between at South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri. That's, that's what I don't know. I don't know if they've got one of those, and a lot of that is probably going to depend on how his team South- responds to getting their asses called out. Yeah, I mean, I think South Carolina, you know, they lose to South Carolina this year or this, this week. It's going to be a tough, tough road to hoe. But they could that. beat South Carolina. That was what I was, I was like, they could beat South they Carolina. Could. I don't think they could. That's why I said, like, that might be, that, that might determine the bowl is, is this weekend. Big, big weekend for Tennessee. Big week for Tennessee. I'll say this, uh, shot titles from North Carolina, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, really excited that he's one of the good players. <laughs> That's oh, doing he, it the right way. Is one of the guys doing it the right way? Yes. Yeah. And uh, and I remember him coming. He was a he was a highly re- regarded and recruited prospect. He's a big yeah, player. You that's actually panned out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was I was thinking. I was like, man. And it, didn't he have some injury issues early in his career? Yeah, he's had a bu- he's been banged up a bunch. Yeah. So for him to g- not only be able to be healthy and playing SEC football like he dreamed he would when he committed in college. But to be one of the eight players identified as doing it the right way, good for you, <laughs> Shy Tuttle. <laughs> um, 
All right, well, let's get to – so Mississippi State LSU. Uh, did you get so that was on you during your game, right? Or no, that was, it that was, was an a, evening game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was an evening yeah. game. It was like when uh, when we were when I was sitting down for dinner. That was on the TV, like in the uh, in the Mexican restaurant. Right, right. Um, um, so Nick Fitzgerald still can't throw the ball. Yeah, uh, and like wow. like that was that was a matchup that I knew like from a picking perspective. I wasn't going to be out here taking LSU just because I figured it might be close. But like in my mind, I was like, there's, I don't, I don't think Mississippi state scores a touchdown on offense. Yeah. The play there was the under, uh, for sure. Cause I do think there was a way for like, if he doesn't turn the ball over inside the, the five, you know, throw a pick that leads to LSU's only score of the game. Right. Then, right. 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 You know, then right there, your down is twelve to three, and you know, Mississippi State converts a touchdown instead of a field goal in that first drive. Then it's twelve to seven, and all of a sudden you're covered. So I mean, there's a like it, it there's a lot of ways that that game could have covered, just given the way it played out this on Saturday. Not even like a whole new new start, but uh, I do think there's a very few ways I could have envisioned it going over. Um, but and, yeah, I mean, it's just like Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, this Mississippi state offense there, there were high hopes and those hopes are not going to be realized in 2018. Readjust the expectations. It ain't happening. You know what the, um, yardage total was in that game between both teams or just Mississippi state? No, like, like Mississippi state versus LSU. Just- uh, yeah, uh, give me a guess of what what each team get uh, gained yardage wise. I'm gonna say that Mississippi State's uh, 187 and LSU's 219. LSU had 270 yards of offense. All right. Mississippi State had 465. What? No, 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 no. I was looking at no, no. That was that was 2017. <laughs> no, in 2017, here's what I was. Here's why I pulled that up. In 2017, Nick Fitzgerald threw for against LSU. Uh, in that game, he had he was fifth. He was 15 of 23 for 180 yards and two touchdowns. And this weekend, he was. Let me see. It was not good. He was eight of twenty-four for fifty-nine yards and four interceptions. Yeah, so like that's that's a little bit that's a little bit of uh, it's rough to swallow for the for 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 the Moorhead for the Moorhead folks. Uh, I mean, how does I? How I is this I'm, offense? I'm, I'm dividing that blame. I mean, and not blame as in like Nick Fitzgerald should be ashamed of anything. I just think sometimes quarter quarterbacks regress a little bit yeah i mean he's never been a thrower uh it's just it's and i I do think that don't they don't really have any receivers and i think that's a problem when you when you try to throw against lsu and a receiver's not gonna i mean they're just not gonna get to give you much separation and those dudes at lsu are gonna capitalize (laughs) in the area grant delton is not gonna let it slide uh so I mean, I love that uh, game in that way, you know, like as we continue to just load up on loving the the return of DBU as like not just being 
like very very talented but just unstoppable nation's best like one of the most fun things about college football in that sense man loved lsu's win against mississippi state yeah i mean it's hard not to be like kind of rooting for this lsu story right now oh yeah Uh, we've got two weeks to talk about it and then all of a sudden death valley alabama comes to town biggest college football game of the century right game of the century part eight right right (laughs) yeah uh minus devin white for the first half unfortunately because he pushed he pushed uh a quarterback and his and his helmet may have may have incidentally touched the other helmet as he was we're recording operating here on sunday i am in my mind i am preparing myself i've got to be on the the news the breaking news hustle tomorrow i'm preparing myself for a ruling from the sec league office that might change that suspension but we'll see i hope so for the sake of the game and all of us good loyal followers of college football uh that shouldn't have been, but I'm always I'm always going to be pro, pro player in the in the suspension field when it comes to helmet to helmet contact. So, so that was dominant. Um, Mississippi State just can't move the football. Um, the uh, the other one that I think we got to touch on is Oregon Washington State. Bad bad Oregon, bad Oregon showed up. Bad Oregon for a half. They, they, it was like they'd never seen a spread offense before. They got, they couldn't defend it. I mean, they, Washington State scored twenty-seven points, and that included and throwing an interception inside the ten-yard line. They could have easily scored thirty-four in the first half. So twenty-seven, nothing, and then Oregon rolls off twenty straight in the second half to make it twenty-seven to twenty. Washington State's going down with four minutes left in the game with like a on a fourth down. That is, if they don't get it, they're like they're on like the forty. They don't get it. Oregon may go win that thing, and they get it, and I think scored a touchdown off the play. Like so, you know, Mike Leach, probably my my, my biggest. Well, I got two pretty bad preseason picks in our win totals. Wyoming is not going to hit for me. Oh, Washington State. And Washington State under. I think I'm on that. I think you are too. I think I sucked you into that vortex. Hey, Arizona State. Um, Let's see, Boston College over six. Arizona State, we still can hit. Washington State, it's about to bust. One more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Leach, can't predict him. But Gardner Minshew is is I mean who would have thought he was this good? I didn't, and I, and he was even a relatively highly regarded quarterback coming out of high school or a guy that EC, ECU Juco. liked him. ECU thought that there it was gonna like there was there was belief that he was gonna be successful at ECU. It didn't quite work out, right? Right, which is a bit of an indictment on ECU that they because he was very underwhelming statistically at ECU and here he is and he looks he looks pretty smooth at Washington State Mm. do you think that we Uh, should award the over under wins to the locks as we go as they cash or do you think that we should uh, wait till the end sure we're we're gonna know when they hit 
Yeah. You know? So, so just add it so to the tally? Add it to the tally. Well, we'll, we'll just keep a separate over-under tally, but we can celebrate or bemoan them as they, <laughs> as they go. Um, all right. So anyway, the the like getting having bad Oregon show up in the first half, It's I think it's also important to note, is not something that we did not it's not, it didn't come as a huge surprise considering the very, very obvious letdown spot. Right. Night game, game day. Great right after Washington. Like you just, you've been, you've been grinding and, and to, to then all of a sudden catch Washington state. They just, they moved with a little bit of a uh, little bit of lead in their legs. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, um, wasn't a good start there and and they got it rolling in the second half a little bit and Justin Herbert started getting hot and they got the run game going a little bit I do think that probably had to uh hurt them a little bit when Pene Sewell got injured and just throwing off the equilibrium of that offensive line um I gotta think that that played some sort of an impact but um you know the 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 north is 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 Washington State gonna win the north they might. They've got it. We'll see. They've got it all ahead of them. Like that's so many, all the other teams, because it's a four-way race, Oregon, Stanford, Washington, Washington State, all the other teams already have significant, like they already have at least one head-to-head result. Oregon has uh, all three. Who's the best team in the Pac-12, do you think, right now? I think Oregon. Like, like not, uh, not who would you rank highest, but I mean, you take, you know, round robin on a new field. Who, who, who would you take? Oregon. And they're not going to win the I'm Pac-12 tempted North. To go Utah. I'm tempted to go Utah. I'm not on it. I'm like the I'm, way they're playing right now. That defense, USC sucks. That, that's another bad preseason call. But I, I mean, that, that defense now their offense is matching it. Um, I like Utah. I think that Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12. But because they've already got the loss to Stanford and the loss to Washington State, I'm not going to say they're almost guaranteed that they're out of that running, but it's not good in a four-way race to be in the clubhouse at one and two. Usually that team does not win. Right, right. Uh, Washington, Washington State at the end of the year, Washington State still ha- and Stanford still have yet to play. Yes, true. That's this weekend, right? Who do you tag? Washington. This and uh, I don't have an early lead on that. Don't ask me. I don't have one. Stanford. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it's just another just ride the waves of college kids' emotions. You know, Washington State gets the big home win at night with Oregon coming in after their big win at home at night. And then now they're going to go to Stanford and lose on the road. And, um, you know, these, these dang 19, 20 year olds. Yeah. All of a sudden. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Oh wow. Stanford six and two about to play Washington. That was a big win for Stanford to just sort of break the, break the, break the streak, break the phone. They're going to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they sort of shook it off. Got a win. Now you know we're, you're right. We're going to look up the end of the year, and this will be they'll be nine and three, and yeah, they'll be they'll be a pretty good football. Yeah, they'll be a pretty good football. They'll be right. a, a, yeah. a nine and three, yeah. pretty good football team. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yes, that and that. Believe I'll, I'll believe that it's a really bad year for Stanford when I see it. Right. Right. I mean, it's just nah. Um. Okay. So Washington had what I interpreted as a get right game against Colorado. Was I off on that interpretation? They just took care of business. Good. Nothing. Right. Nothing sexy about it. They. But I guess. But yeah. I guess that can count as a get right game. Yeah, just, they didn't blow the doors off, but they took care of business. Yeah, take care of business. Get you know, just get whatever whatever might have been lingering from an overtime loss to Oregon. Just no, no, no. Just go out there, dominate the way you need to dominate. Let's cruise to an easy twenty-seven thirteen win. I mean, that's a Chris that, Peterson special. That uh, Washington is just like they're just a top twenty team this year. They're a top twenty team. They're gonna be. They're gonna lose some couple games, but they're gonna. They're they're prepared to beat just about anybody, uh, and they're a good team. Um, Salvin Ahmed at, at running back, by the way, is going to be a dude next year. Once uh, once he gets the reins from Miles Gaskin, uh, I, I guys, I got I got some juice. That's that's the other part of the Washington bet is that the recruiting, if I'm right, has been on an upward trajectory, right? No doubt. Yeah, so, be, I think they'll be a better team next year than they are this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll we'll lose a lot of these names that we've gotten to know during la- the 2016 playoff run all the way to now. But as these right. new dudes just come like up, familiar faces that we just sort of have gotten used to. But little do we know that the the guys behind them are probably better. Um. Okay. I, Kentucky. As you would you say that's another just like that's a really good football team. That's like a top 15, top 20 football team. <laughs> And uh, I don't who can win, think who, who game by only with only throwing eight pass attempts for eighteen yards. <laughs> like that's that's. I mean, who? What what the hell is this Kentucky team really? I don't know. I mean, they're I like them. I still like them. But are you gonna? I mean, they're so one dimensional. And I guess at least they know what they are. Kentucky uh, and they, Army are sitting in a boat together. How crazy is that? I know. I know, but like so, Kentucky's rest of the way. Uh, they got at Missouri, Georgia. I mean, those. I mean, Missouri. Speaking of teams, like they threw up sixty-six on Memphis, and I know Memphis's defense isn't anything special, but uh, that's, that'll be a really interesting game. Missouri hosting Kentucky, uh, a Kentucky team team that can't throw the ball. A Missouri team that's got a defensive front that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I didn't leave that Vandy game thinking like, all right, I I am. I mean, I picked Kentucky to cover that. They let me down a little bit, and I uh, I don't leave that game thinking, man, I love this Kentucky team. I left it thinking, wow, how do they, how do they do this? How'd they beat Florida? Just just bullied them, bully ball. Um, let's see what else. I said I think Iowa might be really good. Nebraska won. Nebraska won. Hey, we need to before we get out of here. Let's that 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 had to feel good. Did Nebraska cover? They covered covered easily. Mm. Yeah, there we go. And Scott and I have been working really hard at this <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> it's really exciting to see our hard work finally pay off and uh, get that first W together. Um. How'd the game go? I didn't. I haven't watched any of it yet. They put it like fifty-eight or something. I mean, it was a, it was there. It was a. 
out the gates, they Nebraska was it was never it was never in doubt. Little little, little flurry of offense from Minnesota in the third quarter. Okay, it was never never in doubt. Um, I gotta so, say that my uh, my th- my reading of whatever was going on via whenever I happened to have Twitter open kind of seemed like the entire time that Nebraska got out to an early lead, it was packed with it was celebration packed with anxiety of the oncoming disaster. Right, and so there probably was a little a couple tight moments, <laughs> a little a little lemon booty. When Minnesota started making a move. They they. They put their backup quarterback in, and he had a little success, gave him a little spark. Uh, but, um, but no, no, never Adrian in doubt. Martinez took all care. Right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so USC is see so USC still has Notre Dame for sure. Oh, okay, they're about to run off some wins. They got Arizona State, Oregon State, Cal at UCLA, and then Notre Dame. So they'll finish the year like seven and five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was seriously sitting there the the way, especially the way that you said uh, USC stinks. Like, I was like, man, are they gonna miss a bowl game? But it does not appear that way based on my reading right now. All right. Well, I mean, they're gonna lose in their name. I think by that point, UCLA. Like, I'm I am not counting UCLA out to beat them. Not counting uh, UCLA. I, I yeah agree. yeah yeah. And then Arizona State is. is is a very losable game. They should beat Oregon State. They should beat Cal. Uh, that's six. So they got the Pettsburgh six. So they'll be six and six at the least, I would think. And but seven and five. Yeah, that's a probably a pretty reasonable expectation at this point. They look like a seven and five ish team. Man, great opportunity with that noon local time or noon thirty local time kick for Hearn to go into uh, the Coliseum and come out with a W. Just, just when you count her out. I know. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I, I got. A, I'm a little bit nervous about Penn State, but I might also just be uh, with the idea that this is a this is not a Penn State team. Like this Penn State team is probably fourth in the pecking order behind Michigan slash Ohio State and Michigan State. I think so. Yeah, and they're not. They got three big then, games coming up, and I don't know if I feel really good about them in any of them. Uh, yeah, I mean that's gonna be an interesting game with Wisconsin. Um, to sort of figure out which one of those has got a chance of being real. Yeah, they should. I, I would think Iowa is probably gonna be favored. I haven't seen the line. Michigan will be be, be favored. Wisconsin, depending on what happens. With them the previous two weeks but yeah they could lose three straight for sure in a in in a, as a general prediction i think they probably go one and two but that's just again riding the college football wave right yeah yeah they'll go and beat michigan i mean shoot <laughs> yeah michigan this gets going michigan you know? gets up to number two in the country and then uh penn state takes them down a penn state team that it's going to finish year eight and four and pretty good yeah 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 so everyone's going to finish eight and four and pretty good. The whole country. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Alabama. Except for Alabama. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they're, that's my second time seeing them in person this year. It's just different. Decent, huh? Well, get, get ready. We're going to see all those guys next year, too. Oh, They're all coming back. 
They they started their number three running back just to give them a good good stretch. Ooh, Najee. Uh no. Uh, I consider Jacobs their number three. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know who the. I don't know. I don't know what the what the order is. Well, Damian uh, Harris got the least work, and I think that it is well known he is RB one. Right. Um. Anyway, let's get out of here. Uh, you can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe, review, and rate. Got a big week coming up. Barton, thank you very much. Thanks, boss.